0: We were at Bendorf Middle School and sat at the same lunch table. And uh, through a mutual friend, I just discovered like, oh, this this kid's making uh, stop motion movies with his action figures. And I was like, hey, my name's Scott. Like, I'm doing the same thing. And all of a sudden, it was like uh, a, a kinship was born. We were like the only two kids in that whole cafeteria that that were um, still playing with their action figures at age 11 and making movies with them. And so. We, um, we joined forces and like our, our middle school years and high school years were spent like on the weekends writing scripts and then uh, convincing our friends to like go in front of the camera. And we would make these, um, these films for like no money and just shoot them all around the Quad Cities and, and do like local casting calls. And, and then we would eventually convince like the Putnam Museum to put it up on their, on their giant screen or, or go to the Adler Theater and premiere them. Um, and take those proceeds, like the donations of that money and like put them into the next film. And it just was uh, this, this never ending cycle it felt like of, of learning how to make movies while on the ground throughout you know uh, the, the entire Quad Cities.
1: Where do you find a family of communities connected by the storied Mississippi River where young explorers and dreamers, investors and entrepreneurs thrive? Where can you connect with real people living and creating in a place that's as genuine as it is quirky? QC, That's Where.
2: Welcome to QC, That's Where. I'm Katrina, your host. And today I am, I have the pleasure of talking with two very talented filmmakers, Scott Beck and Brian Woods from the Quad Cities, um, known for writing the post-apocalyptic sci-fi film, a quiet place, and more recently, sci-fi action filler 65. You guys wrote and directed that one, and coming to a Quad City near you, the last picture house is in the works in Davenport. So I want to get started and throw it to you guys, and just say, hey, welcome. First of all, how are you guys doing?
0: Doing well. Uh, great Thanks to be out here. Obviously, we're um, we're it feels like lifelong Quad Cityans. We're we're natives, and and so uh, it's it's exciting to to be talking about all things Quad Cities and, and film.
2: So right now you guys are in two different locations. Brian, you're out in LA. Scott, you are home for a minute.
0: Yep, yep, in Iowa. Yep.
2: Okay. So what's kind of going on right now? Um, what are you guys working on? What's happening?
0: Yeah, well, um we're we're right now, you know, spending a lot of energy on getting the last picture house up and running, which um it'll be it'll be a two-screen movie theater downtown Davenport. Love a third screen on the roof, um, you know, during the uh the uh summer and spring and fall months. And that's taking up like so much um energy, but it's it's really exciting. Um, you know, I think it's something that we hope the Quad Cities really embraces it's something that I think we've been, uh, you know, looking at trying to get going for for years and years. I don't know, Brian, since we were kids. Do you think? Like, yeah,
1: yeah, it's been a, a long, a long passion project, and it's weird to say that like uh, right now our day jobs uh, are are writing and, and directing and producing movies, and and um, our dream job is is building this movie theater. So it's 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 a lot. It's busy. We're working on a few other projects as. Um, as producers and filmmakers, but there's, um, you know, there's a a writer strike going on right now and an actor strike and, um, a lot of, a lot of turmoil in Hollywood. So it's nice to have this little escape and and work on this movie theater.
2: So you guys are, you know, you grew up in the quad cities. When did you, when did the two of you kind of join forces and start working together?
0: Uh, when we were 11 years old. So like Brian and I, um, we, we were at Bendorf middle school and sat at the same lunch table and, uh, through a mutual friend, I just discovered like, oh, this this kid's making uh, stop motion movies with his action figures. And I was like, hey, my name's Scott. Like, I'm doing the same thing. And all of a sudden, it was like uh, a, a kinship was born. We were like the only two kids in that whole cafeteria that that were um, still playing with their action figures at age 11 and making movies with them. And so we um, we joined forces in like our, our middle school years and high school years were spent like on the weekends writing scripts and then uh, convincing our friends to like go in front of the camera. And we would make these um these films for like no money and just shoot them all around the Quad Cities and and do like local casting calls. And, and then we would eventually convince like the Putnam Museum to put it up on their on their giant screen or, or go to the Adler Theater and premiere them um, and take those proceeds, like the donations of that money and like put them into the next film. And it just was uh, this this never ending cycle, it felt like of, of Learning how to make movies while on the ground throughout, you know, uh, the, the entire Quad Cities, and it was always really mind-blowing how much
1: um, incredible talent was in the Quad Cities. Um, you know, like the, the actors that we would find to star in our movies, the um, technical filmmakers that would help us um, really taught us how to like light a scene and use a dolly track and record audio. And there was just so much talent here that it was always uh, really inspiring and, and really encouraged us to kind of keep going. And that's and why we often find ourselves coming back to the Quad Cities over and over again, um, not just to be surrounded by, um, you know, talented people, but just because um, we feel like this area has given us so much that we are so lucky to be able to live our dreams because of uh, how many people helped us along the way.
2: Do you have any standout moments from those younger years when you were kind of mm. teaching yourselves and, you know, just kind of relying on the community to be part of what you're working on?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking even outside of the stuff we were working on, where I think of like, uh, like a filmmaker like Max Allen Collins, who's based in Muscatine and, and during like the 90s specifically, like when we were when we were growing up as as uh, little kids and then becoming teenagers like he was making full-length feature films with like budgets and, and his cinematographer Phil Dingledine who still has his company in the area like um, they were kind of the, the Mount Rushmore of, of like our, our Quad City film education where like oh they actually have the real cameras this is how that they run a set um, there was also like an Italian production crew uh, the the Avati brothers that kept coming through and we were doing like bes- behind the scenes um, filming uh, when we were, I think, in high school uh, when they came in. And to get that firsthand experience in the Quad Cities it's very rare. Um, but it was something that for us, it was like a window into, oh, this is how Hollywood movies are made. Like, this is the mechanism. Um, and on one hand, it's very big and very different than what we were doing at the time, where it's just us and a camera and a, a boom mic and some friends. But at the same time, it was exciting because you saw the the director or the screenwriter like those roles don't evolve in a significant way from when your kid's making movies like you're still trying to tell stories you still only have a finite amount of time to tell that story on a shoot day um and you always have hurdles thrown in your way and so it's up to you to really problem solve and so those those evolutions are are really the same whether you're a kid or a professional making a movie it was just kind of like the mechanism of the larger film production that really opened our eyes to to what this profession could lead to, which was super exciting at that time.
2: You guys went to University of Iowa. Is that what you were focused on when you were there? Was filmmaking and like cinema? We
1: we, we actually we were communication majors. We we uh, we kind of we applied to several different film schools and um, and and got into various um ones in california and chicago and we like really like deliberated for a long time are we going to go study filmmaking in school when that's all we do anyways we're already studying film all the time and so we kind of i don't know we just we made like a in the moment decision that um maybe we should learn something else other than uh, other than movies and so going to the university of iowa i mean not only is there like a great lineage with like the writer's workshop and there's a lot of talented artists there. And we certainly took, you know, those, we certainly took writing classes and film classes and they were terrific. Uh, But we, we focused on communications um, and we just tried to absorb as much as possible. And, and it was such the right choice. I I can't tell you how many times, like uh, even when we were making movies back in college, it was like, we'd have like a psychology class and we'd we'd learn um, uh, about a certain principle and then that principle would like become the entire plot of our next movie. And, and um, looked no further than a movie like A Quiet Place, which stemmed from um, Scott and I taking a nonverbal communications class at the University of Iowa. And we were so quickly enamored with this idea of how much people say without ever saying anything, uh, how, how much you can communicate without without words. And and that was kind of the spark of the idea of going, well, man, how cool would it be to uh, write like a modern day silent film, a, a movie where, uh, the characters can't talk, uh, and they don't need to talk because that, all the expression is, is through the emotion. And, and that led to us trying to like, think of like, all right, well, how do we make that not a gimmick? And eventually we came up with this idea of, um, if, if you make a noise or say, or say anything, um, uh, these alien creatures will just kill you. So you can't, you can't speak in this movie, but yeah, when we were at the university of Iowa, it was just all about trying to absorb I- as much as possible. Uh, that was unrelated to filmmaking.
2: That's really interesting. Um I love that concept behind a quiet place. So I I've seen a quiet place and I watched it at home and I just have to say I have to tell you this. I I thought it was so cool because I have two small children who are always making like so much noise and I was like ready to watch this movie and yeah. I I had the volume up like I normally do up to like 50 yeah. ready so I could hear it and then I was like, "Oh, this is something I can absorb a different way. Like I don't right. have to, you know. I can I can literally look at the screen and I I mm-hmm. follow along perfectly. So yeah,
1: <laughs> that's, yeah. Oh, that's a wonderful great.
2: It was good. <laughs> it was good. So highly recommend for people who can really, you know, you got a, a noisy household or whatever, you can just <laughs> absorb this movie and yeah really really phenomenal concept i was definitely interested in how that came to be um and so when when you guys wrote that movie in particular i know there's a part two did you mm-hmm. did you write it all in one like storyline or did you deliberately mm-hmm. section it off into two pieces
0: i mean it really like to to walk back to to where it really began um i mean this was years ago at this point uh because it was like back at university of iowa we had, we were talking about like this idea of like, just doing a, a, a modern day silent film where um, you could have the volume off and understand the entire thing. And um, usually that's antithetical to what, what you think of a script or at least, um, you know, people outside the film industry think of a script because you probably think of like, oh, it's just dialogue, it's just dialogue. But no, it's about conveying the emotion and, and what's the theme? Is the theme about like the loss of, of family or the loss of communication and trying to rebuild that communication and so all these ideas kind of coalesced and in and, and putting um, pen to page and, and thinking of what this movie could be, we actually wrote, there was like a 15 page version of the, the, the first movie of only the, the main beats of that, meaning you establish the characters that they're on this farm, something strange is like surrounding like the perimeter and they don't want to make a noise and you discover, oh, there's like these creatures out there. That will attack them if they make a noise, um, and then you discover, oh, um, the matriarch is is pregnant, and she's she's about to give birth. And then there's like the the finale, and I won't give it away on on this podcast in case somebody hasn't seen the movie. But there's kind of the the, the ending of the film um, that that happens inside this fifteen page proof of concept, we would call it. And we sat on that like 15 page script for a while with all these other ideas of what the script could be. And it just kind and- of, it was
1: like literally just in a drawer. It was yeah. like, uh, we like wrote it and we were like, eh, I don't know, maybe, eh, maybe we'll come back to it. And then we were like working on like 12 other, like we had a TV show, we had all these other things in development that we were more focused on. And then, um, and then just on a whim, we were just kind of um, in between projects we had like one day we never have a day off we had like one day off and we were like should we just like have our our significant other should we just have our wives read this like 15 page thing that's just sitting over here and scott and i kind of talked yeah sure let's have them read it and so they both read it immediately and they were like stop everything you're doing put all your other projects down like this like why are you guys not writing this movie and we we're like oh okay we're we're idiots i guess this is the one to work on and so then we wrote the the full the full script. Um, and it yeah, and it eventually we were uh, lucky enough to set it up with um, some producers and set it up with Paramount, and and the rest is history. But it was to, to I guess to answer your your other question, it was kind of always intended as a self-contained movie. It wasn't intended to have um, a bunch of sequels. And and one of our big pitches for a Quiet Place at the time was that we felt this fatigue of like every movie in theaters is a sequel or a remake. Like there's nothing original anymore. Um, And that was really sad to us as kids who grew up in the nineties where every movie was, was original and something new. And, and so um, it was kind of um, when we pitched a quiet place to the studios, we were kind of pitching it as this is the anti-sequel. Like this is like something different and new and, and, and we were hoping that they would embrace uh, original filmmaking.
2: That's awesome. And you guys have like a couple of, a couple dozen titles that, um, are out there made, uh, between like TV, short film, feature film. Do you have a favorite project that you've worked on or that is in the works (laughs) right now?
0: Um, that's, that's a funny question if only because I feel like Brian and I are harshest critics. And so we're always like, oh, the next thing is the one that like gets us going. And like, I do think that is kind of it. It's like, you live in this experience making a movie or writing a movie and it lasts um anywhere you know from two to five years sometimes more um and and so i think for us after we finish something it's like we don't really look in the rearview mirror it's like what's next what can we do that is scratching a creative itch that we don't necessarily have and so there's there's another movie we have set up at a24 right now that hopefully will happen um, this year. And I feel like that's the one that like we have all our sites focused on out, outside of the movie theater, of course, which scratches like a total different creative itch that that has been kind of gestating for, for years and years. But I, I do think, I, I at least am at the point in life where I look back at the films we made here in the Quad Cities, like early on, like throughout high school. And there was something really incredible about that time. And I think it was you don't have really any creative parameters that are being forced upon you. Like you're just able to go out on the weekend and be like, okay, this is the scene that I want to shoot. And you improvise if you need to, you have your, your friends there that are willing to work, you know, like 18 hour long days and into the night. And there was something about that uh, open canvas approach to filmmaking that, um, you know, at least with nostalgia blinders on, like is is really fun to to think about, so.
2: When it comes to The Last Picture House and kind of creating this new original facility, I think like it's under construction now, there's work Mm -hmm. being done. I think Quad Citizens are excited about it. You know, I kind of feel the energy coming in behind it. Um, why Davenport? Why did you put it downtown Davenport?
0: Uh, Davenport over you know the last decade specifically, um we've we've fallen in love with all the activity that's that's been down there, you know, especially on Second Street with the Raccoon Motel with uh Ragged Records, Trash Can Annies, uh, on and on. Like we love the fact that it's um business owners that are actually like running these. It's not chains or anything. Um, you know, some of our favorite. Uh, hangouts are like Devon's Complaint Department or Armored Gardens, uh, places where you walk in and it feels like there's instantaneously this community there. And, and we've seen that grow so much in downtown Davenport. And um, this building that for years and years uh, just kind of sat there untapped um, on, on the corner of Iowa and Second Street, we always were like, that can make a kind of cool movie theater. And an opportunity came up um, to actually jump onto that building and turn it into something new. And and our first thought was, oh, this should be a movie theater, but it shouldn't be necessarily a movie theater where you're just there to buy a ticket, you go watch the movie with popcorn and then you take off. Like this is a community-based movie theater, meaning it's got space for social hangouts, for trivia nights, for Oscar parties, for big events. Um, We can throw premieres there. Uh, The programming, not only is it necessarily like, first run new blockbuster movies, but it can be classic movies. It can be Iowa themed movies. It can be film festivals, uh, featuring work from regional filmmakers. Like it can kind of be this creative hub for all interests, all ages, um, you know, families and, and cinephiles alike and kind of cater and ebb and flow to what the appetite of the Quad Cities really is while at the same time Attracting uh, a national attention from some of the special guests that that we're really excited to to eventually bring into the movie theater and throw big events there too. So, and the other thing I want to say about Davenport, and I say this
1: with um, so much uh, so much pride, is that Davenport's a movie town. Like, there's n- it's no surprise that two filmmakers um, came out of this area because every time I drive by the cinema on 53rd street, it's packed, you know, pandemic or no pandemic, Like, it's just like, this is like, people go to the movies here and, and it's, and it's so exciting. And, and we're, we're excited to kind of, you know, feed that appetite and 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 be a part of it in, in our hometown.
2: I think you guys nailed it when you, both of you said the term appetite of the quad cities and that, um, you know, people here do really gravitate toward, you know, the more unique or quirky or, you know, on, Untapped uh, places to hang out, and you know, you walk into a bar, and nine times out of ten, it's not just a bar. You know, it's also Mm -hmm. an arcade, or it's also Mm -hmm. a a rooftop view, or in you know, coming soon to the last picture house, it's you know, it's a movie. Also, um, I think people are really excited to support that kind of stuff. Um, this is a city, or rather, a, a community of cities that are just so um supportive of entrepreneurs and community, and you know, while they they need the big box type of, you know, amenities. Like I think uh Kyle Carter from Downtown Davenport Partnership mm-hmm. has said, every town's got a 53rd Street, but yeah. you really get the heart of a place when you go downtown. Mm-hmm. And that's what is gonna come, you know, really add to Davenport and add to the whole quad cities. Um, you know, as you guys know, we have recently lost a movie theater over on the Illinois mm-hmm. side. Um, and I yeah. I don't know if that's really just a you know, if it's a sign of the times that um, you know people are just consuming movies in a different way or if it's the quad City spirit of local 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 you know <laughs> small, mm-hmm. small 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 yeah. I you know what, what's your take on that
0: I mean first and foremost like we we really sad to see like the the regal go away I mean not only is it a theater on the Illinois side and really the only theater on the Illinois side right now but it's like any opportunity to see a movie on the big screen with the a, with a community and your peers um, If you don't have that, that's a lost opportunity as far as we're concerned. Um, However, like we the movie industry has always gone through ups and downs over the entire history of cinema and over the last hundred years. You know, when VHS comes out or cable channels came out, there was always a question of like, our movie theater is going to survive. And that certainly was on the tip of everyone's tongue. I feel like over the last decade with with streaming. But what's been so incredible is streaming and theatrical actually coexist. Um, look no further than like the Ben Affleck and Matt Damon movie air that Amazon released uh, on streaming, but yet it, it goes and makes $90 million at, at the box office. And also like we're, we're on the heels right now of a weekend um, that is uh, I think like the third largest box office weekend with Barbie and Oppenheimer. And both Ron and I went to the theaters to see both movies this last weekend. And it was um, this energy, of, of excitement to see movies. And then you sit there and you're not just by yourself, but you're feeling like the pulse of Oppenheimer or the joy of Barbie and the themes of Barbie evoke like these incredible feelings through the audience as a community. And I think, you know, with what The Last Picture House is doing, hopefully amplifies that because it's going to be catering, our programming, our movies, whether it's on the rooftop or or inside or what we're showing and and doing in the social lounge, it's going to be feeling the pulse of what do people want um, in the entire Quad Cities and making sure that there is a programming on like a Tuesday night that works for like this certain interest or on a Saturday morning for like families to come in and and watch something that's very family oriented and, and really bring joy to, um, to what that potential could be of screening something on, on a big screen. So, you know, with, with The Regal, you know, it is incredibly sad to us, but I think we don't feel like there's any energy loss from the Quad Cities and their appetite for movies. And, and if anything, that's been the outpouring of, of other sadness of seeing The Regal close, is that people want that opportunity to be together and watch movies.
2: I have seen a lot of like on you know online a lot of like petitions bring it back, you know, so yeah, it, it's yeah. not like it just went away and nobody cared. People definitely care about it. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, I, I do think also it's just the the Quad Cities way of also still pouring their energy into the like, you know, the unique venues, like the Capitol, just we had the resurgence yeah. downtown, um, downtown Davenport. Um, super exciting because that place is like, you know over a hundred years old and they worked so hard to restore the original, uh, paintings Mm -hmm. and artwork and, um, you know, just the amenities of it. So, uh, it's definitely exciting what's happening in, in the Quad Cities and at Visit Quad Cities, we love to be able to tout and share and brag about things like what you guys are doing with Last Picture House. And I think it's just so cool that you have the concept of having the, like, you know, second floor outdoor screen, um, there's yeah. renderings, lastpicturehouse.com, if you're listening and you want to check it out and take a kind of a sneak peek, I would highly recommend. It's very cool to see what you guys have conceptualized there.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's something <laughs> we like being in L.A., like we've always loved um, the rooftop amenities that a lot of cinemas have there. And um, one of the fun things about this job in our day job as filmmakers is getting to travel to different cities across, um, you know, not just the United States, but the world. And we always take our free time to go and see what those, you know, cinemas are doing in, in uh, places like London or, or New York. And and so we're just trying to bring, you know, as much of that back to the Quad Cities as we can so um, that it becomes a really special amenity and, and a community-based place for the entire Quad Cities to really enjoy.
2: If you don't mind, can I switch gears and ask you about the like writing style that the two of you share are, are mm-hmm. you um are you drawn to the more like sci-fi or like you know scary kind right. of genres I, I would love mm-hmm. to hear your collective like uh you know writing preferences
1: yeah i mean we love we love all genres we love all types of movies and and over the course of our short careers we've written every type of movie. And we have just found that for whatever reason, <laughs> I don't know why we happen to be good at writing scary material. Um, so <laughs> that tends to be uh, what they pay us for, but we're students of, of all, all all different film and and Scott and I's writing process has really evolved over the years um, to just like, I mean, we are friends first and then filmmaking partners. And so every time we sit down to write something, it's all about, talking about an idea that's really exciting and, and, and an idea that we keep coming back to and we're just energized to write. And, and then our process is kind of handing over the reins, you know, like I'll write five to 10 pages and, and, and Scott will read those pages and go, ah, like, I think they could be better. What if you tried this? And then he'll rewrite those pages and add another 10 and we kind of just bat the material back and forth. And there's this kind of friendly competition, um, um, and our style of 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 just kind of pushing each other and nudging each other and, and cheering each other on to to make the work better and better uh, with with each pass. So I don't know. I, I think like if there's one thing um, that we are conscious of uh, as writers that we're conceptually that we're gravitating towards, we, we love we love a good high concept. We love a good idea um, where you hear the idea and you just think, man, I I, I would love to see um, that, that movie just based on the concept alone. So like an example of that, um, when we were kids growing up, uh, like Jim Carrey and liar, liar, this idea of like Mm -hmm. a lawyer has to tell the truth and he can't help it. It's like, that's just a cool idea. Like, like, wow, like, like how does that play out? So trying to find those ideas is, is, is a big thing. And then now as we're, um, evolving and getting a little older, we're just also trying to write material that's really personal to us. And, um, and, um, that's, I think the next chapter of our our writing career is trying to get personal and in touch with our our fears and our in our genuine interests and um and and make the work uh uh as embarrassingly personal as possible is the hope
2: <laughs> That's, that is a great way to say it i mean yeah everybody wants to know you know the the personal side the you know what's what it's what really um is important to you and if you're writing what you know, it comes out, you know, mm-hmm. in the finished yeah, es-
1: especially in the age of like artificial intelligence and yeah. AI and this idea of art being created by um unthinking machines that are just um kind of, you know, DJing other people's work and then regurgitating it as something new, I think As for the human race, the next important um, chapter of any art, whether it's, you know, songwriting or painting, is um, really being in touch with what makes us human and what makes us unique and special and what our specific voice is. Um, Because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that that really matters.
2: Um, To the youth in the Quad Cities, if you could uh give a piece of advice or something to maybe a kid or two that's kind of wanting to come up as filmmakers the way you did I mean what would you what would you say and what kind of uh you know push could you give them
0: I mean I I kind of feel like um you you have the ability to make movies right now like it it was something that I think Brian and I uh, slowly discovered when, when we were kids that we were like, oh, we can start piecing these movies together and, and try to emulate like what, what Hollywood does. Now it's it's even uh, more viable with, with just technology. And so I think there's, um, the advice is not to hesitate like on, on what your pursuit is. And if you go out and make a movie and you don't think it's any good, That's okay. Like we are constantly writing scripts and then looking at each other and being like, we're not any good either. And you just, the work is improving it piece by piece, inch by inch, and accepting that sometimes you will fall in your face and you will fail. And that doesn't mean you're not good at it. It means that's life. And those are the hurdles. And the more hurdles you overcome, the more you become a best friend with failure and uh and it actually means much much more to fail than it does to succeed because you end up learning so much from that experience
2: so quad city related do you guys when you when you're back here do you have a favorite thing to do or see or Mm. anything
0: Yeah, I mean, eat like I feel like there's so many different uh, restaurants that that we adore. Um, I for me, I'm like me and Billy's is like one of my favorite places uh, downtown right now. Um, Every time I go there, I get the burger with like the cheese curds on it. Um, I mean, Whitey's ice cream is obviously a staple uh pagalo's pizza and Milan is kind of like one of my go-to pizza places um brian i don't yeah i mean uh, i
1: love like i love the sports in the area i love going to see like a baseball game that stadium is so beautiful being out on the river like that um it's really really one of a kind um that's that's something that's that's always on my list outside of the the amazing food
0: yeah, I will say like Ben Butterworth Park is one of my favorite places like stroll around uh, yeah. just the views out there are phenomenal. It's like a reminder of like how incredible it is that, you know, the Quad Cities is made up of these different communities that all feel like one, but they all have their different identity. And they're kind of, you know, married by by this river in between that is uh, so picturesque that anytime we're away, we we end up missing it dearly and we're drawn back quickly.
2: Yeah, no, I get that. And like the new, um, I always love to tell people about the new I-74 bridge that has a pedestrian Mm -hmm. access. You can literally stand in the middle of the river and and look. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of stuff coming up, um, around here. It's, it's growing. There is a bright, bright future ahead for the Quad Cities. and You guys are helping to shape that. So thank you so much. I, at this point, I want to throw it to you guys and I want to have you fill in the blank QC. That's where.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All Um, right. I would say, QC, that's where creative opportunities are born. And it's certainly where, where our, our creative opportunities were born and still, still are growing to this day. And I think QC, that's where movies are
1: made. That's where we made all of our, our, our movies and, and all of our dreams. And again, couldn't be more excited to, to bring some of that back with, with this movie theater, The Last Picture House. Such an honor.
2: Scott, Brian, thank you so much for talking about The Last Picture House and everything you guys have going on with us. Um, is there anything you guys want to uh, add as far as how people can find out what you're doing? Do you have any social media that you want to share?
0: Yeah, so we're we're on uh, Twitter or X or whatever it's called these days and uh, Instagram at Beck and Woods. Uh, and then Last Picture House is the last pick house on on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. So
2: And again, I highly recommend going to lesspicturehouse.com and checking out renderings. It's going to be super cool. So, thank you guys again so much, and I'll let you get back to the rest of your day. Awesome.
1: awesome.
0: Thank you so thank much. Thank you Appreciate so much.
1: It. Thanks for listening to QC. That's where a podcast powered by Visit Quad Cities. Text visit QC to 38314. For insider events, activities, and updates sent straight to your phone. That's V I S I T Q C, one word, to 38314. Message and data rates may apply.